You are now listening to What the Health, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate your way to better health. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 52 of What the Health. I'm your host, Lena Lahire, and today I'm joined by special guest, Dr. Seth Gerlach. Dr. Seth is a board-certified chiropractic internist and a functional medicine practitioner. As a teenager, he was chronically ill with symptoms like vertigo, migraines, severe anxiety, pain, brain fog, and GI issues. After being on five medications and seeing over a dozen doctors with no answers, he sought relief elsewhere more naturally. After going to chiropractic school, he fell in love with the life-changing possibilities of functional medicine. After losing 55 pounds and getting off his medications, he is the healthiest he has ever been. Now his passion is sharing the healing and hope that is offered with natural and holistic care. In addition, he is a staunch advocate for health freedom, being one of the founding members of Health Freedom for Humanity. Dr. Seth owns Core Health in St. Louis, where he sees patients locally, as well as drsethgerlock.com, where he has the capability to serve those long distance. I'm honored to have him on the podcast today. Welcome to the show, Dr. Seth. Thanks, Lena. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to chat all things health and life and fun today. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start. I did first of all, I didn't know all of that stuff about you. I didn't know like the things that you struggled with as a teenager. I would love to hear more about your health journey and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. And- I think my story is very similar to a lot of people's stories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that could just be me attracting you know, similar people with uh, similar things in my practice, but I hear it all too often. So when I was young and a kid, um, I ate a very bad diet, right? I was really active, but that kind of covered up, you know, my diet of Pop-Tarts, SpaghettiOs and Count Chocula. And so by the age uh, 13, I started having issues already and they presented as pains all over my body. It was like severe, like a knife in my back pain but it was kind of radiated all over the place. So we're like, we're going to like primary care doctor, physical therapist, trying to figure out what's going on. And they're like, we have no clue why you're having these pains. Just take these muscle relaxers, go to PT. You'll be okay. And it kind of kept the pain away a little bit, but it's already hampering like the way I move. So mm. a couple of years later, I started getting these headaches. I was at 15 at this time. And I'm like, God, this is weird. So again, we go back to the doctor. So Mind you, my family is on in the conventional realm because we didn't know any different. We didn't know kind of these other things existed. Mm. So we're going to doctors and again, getting no answers and still progressing on. A year later, I'm 16, start getting migraine headaches. And these migraines are severe. If you ever had a migraine, mine were severe. I had to like sit in a dark room, go to sleep mm. and just wait it off really. So now we're, we're, we're like, okay, gosh, like get hit with another thing. So I get this migraine preventative migraine, abortive medicine to go along with my muscle relaxer and pain (laughs) medication. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm 16, just in high school, trying to have fun, play sports and very active a year later on my birthday. I will remember this forever. My birthday, I get hit with vertigo, like out of nowhere. 
And uh, there's pictures of me like puking off a balcony and it's not me partying. It's me like so insanely sick and dizzy that I'm literally vomiting. So now we're like, okay, what's going on? Do I have a brain tumor? Am I dying? Like what's happening? So we're getting MRIs, CTs, EEGs, ENGs, every three letter (laughs) test you can think of. They poked and prodded me, blood work comes back. Everything's completely normal. It's all in your head. You're depressed. That's what it is. So they hit me with antidepressants. And this time I've seen probably eight, nine different doctors, right? Trying to figure out and get answers. No one's giving me an answer. They just say, this is just you. Just keep taking the medications, you know, and and it's all in your head. And so another couple of years go by and I get hit with uh, GI issues. So now I'm in and out of the ER with GI issues. I still got pain over my body. The brain fog so intense. I could barely get through high school. I quit playing sports because I can't really function at this point. So I'm on five medications when I'm 18 in and out of the ER being told it's all in my head and really hitting rock bottom between 18 and, you know, 21 ish of having no hope. And it's hard to go through that and thinking, you know, conventional medicine is the only thing that's going to help me. And they're saying, we can't help you. It's all in your head. Keep taking medications until you die. And it's a very disheartening, disempowering place to be. And this is where a lot of people are that I see. And I always try to let them know this is not the only way, right? A true informed consent would tell you, you could try these medications, but you know what? There's also all these other therapies. There's mm-hmm. acupuncture, there's chiropractic, mm-hmm. there's functional medicine. There's an, 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 a, you know, an infinity number of different things that can help you heal. I never got that. No one ever told me that. So I started seeking answers and looking other places because I'm not getting help over here. So I got hooked up with these uh, pretty smart doctors in my area. And they're like, you know, Seth, it's not normal for you to have this. This is your body's way of saying something's up. If you can just get rid of the things that are irritating your body, you can heal. And I'm like, wait, what? I can actually heal and get better? And this is like, that was the spark plug moment of like, oh my gosh, you know, the light bulb went on like, Mm -hmm. wow, I had hope for the first time in forever. So I got into upper cervical chiropractic. And then later on, we got into my issues, which were, I was exposed to mold as a kid, which tanked my immune system and leave me more prone to have these bugs. I swam in lakes and rivers. I was an avid water skier, right? So I had all these parasit- parasitic issues and I had concussions from so many water skiing accidents, which messed up my gut brain access and my um, balance and vertigo and all these things. Yeah. Of course, my diet didn't help. My mindset was completely and totally off. So mm-hmm. a- after going through this, um, I'm like, holy crap. And I'm meeting all these functional medicine docs that are reversing cardiovascular disease and autoimmune disease and cancer and people's lives are just changing a complete 180. And I'm like, I want to do that. So, you know, working with doctors and myself, we worked through all my issues and literally, like I said, dropped 55 pounds, um, detox to help my gut change my mindset, went through all these emotional trauma stuff. Mm -hmm. And now here I am. Like, I feel like that I had to go through all that myself. Mm-hmm. to like prove to people, like you could be totally helpless, hopeless, not want to live 
and you can still come out on the other side stronger. And I think it's a testament to our bodies, a testament to God. And um, that's why I get up every day to, to let people know that you don't have to live that way. There are other options. Thank God we have functional medicine today. We have naturopathic care. We have all these things that are helping people tremendously. So that's my story in a nutshell. That is so encouraging. I'm like almost crying. I'm just like, oh my goodness. Like, it's so true. I love how you brought in the physical, the emotional, like you said, trauma healing, the spiritual. I know that you're pretty active in sharing your faith and I'm also a Christian as well. So I definitely appreciate that about you. It it takes courage to share hope in a hopeless kind of world, or at least a world that makes us believe it's hopeless. Right. Um, so That's I love the thing, that. you know, we have a, this innate ability. We have God inside of us. We yeah. were, I mean, we were created to do great things. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people just in today's society, it's hard to see that if you're inundated with that every day. So that's another thing. I'm, I'm a big proponent of t- stepping away from media, social media, all these mm-hmm. things and reconnecting mm-hmm. to yourself, to nature, to God, because it's so, so important. And once you do that, man, like I said, it's like you, you're just turned on. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I love also how the message is we don't have to stay stuck but it also takes work to get unstuck, right? Like it yep. takes a long time. You said you had to work through all of this stuff and it didn't happen overnight. And yeah, I mean, yeah. in our society, in our microwave society, it's everyone wants a quick fix. Um, but more and more people are coming to me going, Hey doc, I don't want to be on medications. I know it's going to take a little bit, but I want to figure out these root causes because I want to be healthy. And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Because mm-hmm. even like, you know, three, four years ago, it was still an uphill battle. I don't know if you've seen that too, but it's like, we're just shifting so much mm-hmm. away from this. But yeah, it's um, the body can take years and decades to get sick. It doesn't take that long to get well, but it takes a little bit to get well, right? Yeah. Because yeah. we have to almost like shed this old skin. We have to mm-hmm. get rid of the junk. And I work a lot with, I say it's foundational medicine and even before functional medicine, it's, are you filled with toxins and infections that are completely wrecking every body system? If so, we have to get those out of the way just to get a good foundation. And then we can really build you up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, um, it can be a little bit of a process, but I always say we want to start seeing results almost immediately. Yeah. Um, and that gives people hope to keep on continuing. The side effect of it is you're going to continue to get healthier. <laughs> so, um, Mm-hmm. It's hundred percent worth it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what functional medicine is. Cause there may be, I know a lot of my listeners will know what functional medicine is, but for those of you that don't, what is functional medicine and what are functional medicine principles? Sure. So in today's society, we have conventional medicine is the accepted norm of quote unquote healthcare. And it's been that way for probably a little bit over a hundred years. You know, I did a presentation on called Rockefeller medicine, which is a talk for another time. But in the 1800s, you had holistic health, you had homeopathy, um, you had naturopathic type care, and then you had the allopaths, which is more conventional medicine. And, you know, the, the natural um, aspects were gaining so much popularity. They were outweighing conventional medicine by a ton because people liked it. Right. And it was easy because the allopathic care at that time was like bloodletting and all this crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so eventually, um, 
John D. Rockefeller got into the business, he had um, oil companies, he figured out he could use these oil byproducts to make pharmaceuticals. So he, in essence, strong arm took over conventional medicine and he pumped all this money into conventional medical schools. And they came out with the Flexner report early 1900s, which demonized all things except for conventional medicine. So they said, if you're a chiropractor, you're a quack. If you're a naturopath, homeopath, you're a quack. And they literally threw doctors in jail for practicing um, holistic healthcare. The thing is, you know, traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, Native Mm -hmm. American shamanism, these things have been around for as long as time, right? Mm -hmm. Thousands of years. And it's worked. Just the past hundred years, you've seen conventional medicine. So I think getting that perspective is important for people Mm -hmm. and knowing, yes, we've had some great breakthroughs with emergency care, with diagnostics, with a few other things, but we've doubled down on drugs and surgery Mm -hmm. and really the conventional medicine. That's where we're at. America is 5% of the population, but we take over 50% of the world's medications. But out of the developed nations, we are one of the poorest of health outcomes. So Mm -hmm. if conventional medicine is so great, then if we're double down, we're spending trillions of dollars a year on this, why aren't we the healthiest country in the world? That's a question we have to ask. On the other hand, so conventional medicine is really based on, um, um, I I say it's a pill for an ill. And I can say this because I've been there. I've been Mm -hmm. through the system myself. And what Mm -hmm. they did, they said, you have symptom A, you have migraine, here's a migraine drug you have quote unquote depression. Here's an antidepressant. Mm -hmm. It's never, well, why is that happening? Functional medicine takes a step back and says, why is everything going on in your body? That's going on. It's the medicine of why it's the healthcare of why. So we, uh, I always ask, why is this happening? I I always say our job is to play detective and to try to figure out what are the big pieces in your life, in your environment, that's causing you to be unhealthy. So, uh, functional medicine, it's root cause issues. What are the root causes that are leading you to be healthier and healthy? I always give the example of a tree. We can see the branches. We can see the trunk. We can't see the roots. So sometimes we have to dig a little bit deeper, but that's what causes a tree to be healthy or sick. Same thing in our body. So we're looking at things like diet, count chocolate, pop tarts, and spaghettis was apparently not good. <laughs> uh, we're looking at emotional traumas because a lot of people, they, um, they're in an unhappy, un- unhealthy relationship or an unhealthy job, or maybe they are, um, you know, emotionally abused, whatever it is. Some people they're exposed to toxins every day mm-hmm. in their home, in their workplace and from their food. Some people they've got toxin infections like viruses, bacteria, parasites, mm-hmm. um, all of these things will impact someone's body. So functional medicine looks at the body as a whole. So it's root cause. And it's holistic, meaning that everything affects everything else in the body. Mm -hmm. Conventional medicine is very compartmentalized. Mm -hmm. You have a headache, you go to a neurologist. Mm -hmm. You have eczema, you go to a dermatologist. Mm -hmm. You have a foot issue, you go to a podiatrist. You have a GI issue, you go to a gastroenterologist. But they, what conventional medicine fails to realize, and this is going to be the demise of conventional medicine, everything affects everything in the body. Mm -hmm. You know this, I know this, all my patients know this. You can't do one thing in one part of the body and not expect to have a reaction at the other. So mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, your gut has an impact on every single cell in your body, right? Mm-hmm. Um, your immune system, same thing. Functional medicine is the personalized medicine of the future. I've been saying it for years. It's coming more and more true every year. 
and I'm calling it right now on, on your podcast, Lena, we're calling it the future of medicine is personalized medicine. It's root cause medicine and it's holistic medicine. And that's where functional medicine is really stepping in. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it has to be the way that it is, but you know, it's symptomatic of society. It conventional medicine is, has a very simplistic approach for a very complex system, which is the human body, right? right. You go to, you have migraine, you go to neurology, right? People like the clear cut answer. You get the vaccine COVID will be over. Sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, right. Right. But, oh but these, these are these simplistic messages that are false that people latch on to because it, it takes no cognitive capacity. Yeah. And you know, 70% of Americans will have a chronic uh, disease, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so many, one in two men will have cancer. One in three women, uh, you see depression, anxiety, and the rise a hundred million Americans have some form of antibodies that could be precursors to, um, autoimmune diseases. Mm-hmm. You see all of these issues just skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. And again, if we're spending all this money on conventional medicine, we should be healthier. Yeah. And the problem is these are complex issues. They're, they're complex lifestyle, chronic issues that have many different factors to them. I could have one, two people three people in my office, all with depression type symptoms. All three of them could have different root cause or things that are leading to it. One could be um, their diet is horrifically poor and their brain is inflamed due to that. Maybe they're eating gluten or maybe they're not eating enough omega-3 fatty acids to put out the fire, right? Mm. That's one. Another person could be, they have toxic heavy metal exposure that's leading to irritation and inflammation of the brain. Another person It could be their gut microbiome Mm -hmm. is so imbalanced. That's where your serotonin, your dopamine is made that that's causing leading depression type issues. So you see, and that's three examples. I mean, we can give 50, you know, Mm -hmm. this is where the complexity of the body comes in and with the complexity of today's world, Mm -hmm. with the amount of toxins we're exposed to, Mm -hmm. with the food supply our food has changed the more in the past 50, 60 years than it has in the previous 6,000 years. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of impact we're seeing on the body today. You know, the new toxin is made about every 2.6 seconds. Mm-hmm. So we are exposed to, to a whole new world, even that our grandparents and great great grandparents were. So mm-hmm. we can't use these old methods that we've used since the early 1900s. No, we need a total revamp of thinking about health in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. I, uh, I was diagnosed with IBS years ago and basically I just sat in front of a doctor. They said I had IBS and said, go check out a, a low FODMAP diet or like, if you need medication, here you go. And then years yeah. and years later, I found out I had SIBO. Yeah. IBS is one of my favorite diagnoses. So you spend all this money, you go wait in doctor's offices and they, they tell you that your bowels are irritable. And you're like, I know that, but like, but, but why, and how do I fix it? You know, there's so many of these junk diagnoses. So conventional medicine is the Venice is the medicine of what, right? Mm -hmm. They're great at naming things. They're amazing at naming things, but what does that do for you? The Mm -hmm. the patient, the person Mm -hmm. that gets you absolutely nowhere. Mm -hmm. That was me. I had 10 different diagnoses, but what did that do for me? Absolutely nothing. I felt worse than ever. Yeah. If you get to the why, why are these things happening in the first place? Like you, you had SIBO, 
right? Mm-hmm. Small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Yeah. And I'm sure once you address that, your symptoms probably started decreasing because you're yeah. bringing more balance and homeostasis to the body. So mm-hmm. <laughs> for mm-hmm. me, it's just, it's logical. Um, of course, we have different perspectives maybe because we've been through it and we help other people with that. Sure. So Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about food because you talk a lot about food, especially with the program that you have on your website. Uh, I talk a lot about food. So let's just talk about food. Sure. What are the most common food culprits that cause inflammation? Mm. So this is big because I think in, in context here, I think food is one of the biggest antigenic loads on the body. What that means is food can build you up or break you down, Mm. but foods take a lot of energy to break down and foods can also stimulate your immune system. So when we're looking to foods, we want to say, is it anti-inflammatory? Is it nutrient dense? And is it right for you? I think those are really big, big, big things. Um, All of this is not really recognized by the conventional medicine community, by the way, Mm -hmm. I've had so many people come in with Crohn's ulcerative colitis, IBS, um, autoimmune issues. And they, they're, they're begging their doctors for advice. What can I eat? Like, what can I do? And they're like, diet has zero impact on your health. Diet has zero impact on your condition. And that cannot be further from the truth. We literally make our bodies out of the food we eat. Mm-hmm. We, we make our brain, our skin, our organs come from the food you eat. How would that have no effect on your body? This stuff fires me up, Lena, because the absurdity of it is pretty wild. So the, the top foods that I see, I call my big three, gluten, dairy, sugar. And I hear people out there going, oh, no, <laughs> no, doc. But it's, it's true. So gluten, so me, I went to Italy a couple years ago, right? I had pasta. I had bread, right? I had, I had all these things. I did totally fine. What's wrong with gluten today? So it's gluten in America today. It's hybridized. So the the structure of it's changing. We are spraying chemicals on it like crazy, like glyphosate, Mm -hmm. other pesticides and herbicides. And we're increasing yield. So the gluten content is much higher here. So Mm -hmm. people say like bread's been around forever. What's, why is it only prop now? That's the issue. Mm -hmm. It's the way humans are messing with it. These ancient grain wheats, like untouched in Italy, totally different. It's not even like, not even recognizable compared to what we see today. So Mm -hmm. gluten irritates the gut lining. Dr. Fasano, uh, world-renowned celiac and autoimmune researcher shows that tight junctions in the gut are literally unzipped with gluten, not just for people with celiac, not just for people with non-gluten sensitivity, but for every single person. So that's a big, big issue for many, many people. Dairy, and again, it's not really as much like raw dairy. It's how did humans mess up dairy too? Conventional dairy, pasteurized, homogenized. Um, there's so many hormones in conventional dairy today. Um, there, and you you see uh, studies with this, like dairy increasing incidence of type one diabetes and other autoimmune diseases. It's mucus producing all these other things. Yeah. And then sugar, of course, I mean, the average Americans consuming over 150 pounds of sugar per year in 1800s, that was four pounds per year. So wow, sugar is just, it's in everything today. Yeah. And it, it's so programmed like it, like, Oh, you did great. Have the sugary treat, right? Yeah. Oh, just go get some ice cream. 
um, kid. And, you know, kids today are eating more sugar than anyone. Mm -hmm. We have sodas, we have treats, we have all these things. And we're just programming our kids. We're changing taste buds. We're changing their microbiome long-term. Those are my big three I stick with. Um, Once we get out, some people have trouble with other grains. Corn um, is a big one for some people. Soy is another big one. 90% of soy in America is genetically modified. Yeah. So soy is a big one. Um, corn, I think it's 90% as well. And corn is heavily sprayed with pesticides, herbicides too. Yeah. Do you know the average American consumes over a gallon of pesticides and herbicides each year? Wow. Just from eating conventionally grown fruits and veggies. Yeah. This goes back to my point of our food has changed more in the past 50, 60 years than the previous 6,000. Mm-hmm. Like organic was just food 60 years ago. You know, mm-hmm. that's what our grandparents called food. Mm-hmm. Today it's like, oh, organic. No, that's food, right? Yeah. What yeah. we're doing is adulterating and putting all this crap in food. We're making things shelf stable. We're, we're changing the molecular structure of it. It's not natural. Mm-hmm. The further we, we get from natural, we're starting to see it now, the more illness we have. Yeah. So those are big foods. Um, when like I, you talk low FODMAP, some people with overgrowth of certain bacteria in their gut, I do like a lower FODMAP diet with fermentable carbohydrates. Yeah. So we're not feeding bad bacteria as much. Sure. That's yeah. a big one. I've used low histamine diets. Yeah. Um, I feel like a, a paleo type diet is a pretty good place for most people to start with, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think, I, I, do you, sorry to cut you off. Do you think, you know, most grains are probably inflammatory for most people? You know, I think with the phytic acid and the way certain grains can rob minerals and be harder in the gut. I feel like, um, for most people, they're probably an issue to a degree, right. you know, honestly, yeah. just, um, again, and a lot of that's the processing of them and how mm-hmm. they're sprayed and, and all those, there's just so many things that go into it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if, if you're out there, like a paleo type template with, uh, meats, veggies, fruits, nuts, and seeds, it's a pretty good place to start to mm-hmm. drop inflammatory levels and go from there. Actually fasting is one of the, the things I've seen drop inflammation levels faster than anything else, mm. anything else. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like a low FODMAP, it's something that I, it's therapeutic, but it can also be, you know, like a modified FODMAP diet. It can be really helpful for people that just struggle yeah. with their digestion, especially if they've had SIBO or CFO or any manner of things. Right. Yeah. And I give the example of, so, um, let's say your gut is like a yard, right. And you want a nice manicured yard. Everyone wants a nice green lawn, flowers, mulch, like looks great. Right. If you haven't tended to your yard in a while, what's it going to look like? Well, the grass is probably going to be three or four feet tall. There's going to be species of weeds everywhere. There's probably even like bugs floating around. It's just mm-hmm. like, looks mm-hmm. nasty. Right. Mm-hmm. That's today's society with our sugary foods with pesticides, with antibiotics, with alcohol and caffeine and medications and toxins, we are much more prone to bacterial overgrowth today. That would be your yard growing out of control. And so sometimes people like eating all these other diets or eating probiotic rich foods, potentially you, you may just be throwing fertilizer on a bunch of weeds. So at some point we have mm-hmm. to come in and clean all that stuff out. A lower FODMAP diet starves the weeds that are there, right? Mm-hmm. Which is great. And then mm-hmm. sometimes going through weed eating, mowing the yard, manicuring it, 
is like what people need to get your microbiome in check, which again, controls your brain, your immune system, your metabolism, your skin, your energy, um, vitamin production. I mean, everything. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so important to seek help, like professional help to craft a diet that's right for you. Because people might be thinking, well, I thought fermented foods were so good for me, but it's like, well, yeah, but maybe they're not at this point. hundred percent. Yeah. So if you're having troubles with that, I would reach out to a practitioner and see mm-hmm. if someone can help walk you through that. Yeah. Yeah. What foods can help with energy? I know a lot of people lack energy and there's always a root cause for a lack of energy, but what foods help with energy? I think it goes back to what, what foods are nutrient dense and what foods are anti-inflammatory for you. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I love berries. I love berries. I love leafy greens. Mm-hmm. I do like um, nuts and seeds for some people too. And I'm, a, I'm a actually a pretty big proponent of clean meats. Honestly, yeah. grass-fed beef and like free-range chicken, mm-hmm. um, fish. I love. I mean, full of great amino acids. I mean, grass-fed beef is loaded with omega threes, mm-hmm. anti-inflammatory oils. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. Organ meats are probably the most nutrient-dense food on the planet. Oh, I know they're so nutrient-dense. <laughs> if you're trying to get a lot of nutrients all at once, I think um, energy from food. It, a lot of it is blood sugar balance. Honestly. Mm. A lot of people are having blood sugar ups and downs from eating processed carbs and sugars. Mm-hmm. So their, their blood sugar skyrocketing and it comes plummeting. And that's when you, a lot of people are having these issues, which is a stress in your adrenals and your thyroid. Mm-hmm. And those are kind of your energy regulating type organs. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think blood sugar balance is huge. So making sure uh, for most people, right. Getting maybe a little bit more fat and a little less carbs mm-hmm. because you can use fat or carbs for energy. Mm-hmm. Um, the body can adapt in that way. That's why some people, uh, uh, like cancers upregulate sugar and they eat up sugar more than any other cell in the body by like five or eight times. It's something crazy. Mm-hmm. So many people on a, uh, in cancer, they're doing a lower carbohydrate diet. Cause again, you're not trying to fuel that. And once you do that, you can increase fat and flip and, and be more metabolically flexible. It's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Can your body switch and use different energy sources in times of need. Mm-hmm. And health is really how you adapt, honestly. How do you mm-hmm. adapt to a, a cold or hot environment with, with or without food? Stress, no stress, right? These are all very important. So I think it's blood sugar control. Managing fat and carbs is really, really big. Um, for some people, that's making sure you do have a good balanced breakfast. Some people I find do better with intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. So I don't mm-hmm. know if you see that as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Intermittent fasting. I mean, it's something that I naturally do. It's not like, Oh, I'm not allowed to eat at this point, but it's just like, I stop eating at five 30 at night and I don't eat again until like seven 30 the next day. Sure. It's pretty easy. Built in 14 hour fast. It's great. Yeah, Like it's super easy. You know, you touched on histamine. How, how do you coach people if they need to follow a low histamine diet while still adopting kind of that more paleolithic kind of way of eating. Sure. And that's a little bit more challenging. There are studies that show that actually a lower FODMAP diet can actually lower histamine levels almost more than a lower histamine diet. So I have some people usually stick even towards that and just say, you know, be a little bit leery of leftovers or a big source of histamine potentially, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and like for me, like avocados, if I have a lot of avocado that can flare me up. So it's, I'm like, you know, you have your template, 
like your paleo low FODMAP template ish. And then it's just beware of like these handful, like leftovers or these handful of foods. So mm-hmm. I, we try to keep it as simple as possible, you know, because yeah. adding a ton of work for people to do sometimes is more stressful. And then they, they just throw their hands up. So yeah. 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 Which can affect gut, your gut and everything. What yeah. foods can help with digestion? So, I mean, what I do, I love using like bitters is a great thing. So apple cider vinegar can kind of do the same thing too. So um, teaspoon of that before a meal can help mm-hmm. your own digestive organs. Mm-hmm. Um, bone broth for sure. Mm-hmm. I love bone broth. Helping to heal and seal the gut it is amazing. Mm-hmm. Ginger. Mm-hmm. I love ginger. Ginger, super yes. anti-inflammatory, great for digestion. Turmeric, of course. Um, those are probably big ones. Lemon, lemon juice also before yeah. meals yeah. a little bit. Those are the kind of ones off the top of my head that I've used before that I've seen. It can be great with digestion, honestly. Yeah. Uh, have you heard of microbiome labs? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They have a really good uh, prokinetic called MegaGuard and it's got ginger. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. That's awesome. A uh, beets is another one. So beet yeah. like beets um, for like bile to mm. come through your gallbladder. Digestion is really underrated. I feel like um, because if you're not absorbing your food, where you're just, you're eating food, you're just, you're passing nutrients through without getting those to rebuild your body. Right. So yeah. I think a lot of people have HCL issues in their stomach. A lot of people have gallbladder bile, a ton of people have gallbladder issues that I see. Um, so I think getting that right is really, really big for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And this kind of like brings me into the concept of leaky gut. Um, this is kind of what we're talking about, right? Like when things start to pass through the bloodstream, they kind of run amok. Can you just touch a little bit on what leaky gut is and what we can do to start to heal it? Sure. So leaky gut or intestinal permeability, um, which now, you know, some of the the journals are starting to recognize this after conventional medicine said it doesn't exist forever. Now they're like, Oh my God. Yeah, it does exist. (laughs) I know my husband, he's like, it's not a thing. I'm like, Gut permeability is the same thing. It's the same right. thing. hundred percent. And Dr. Alessio Fasano is a big researcher in this too. Amazing. Um, with all, with all these things. So, so gut permeability, we're in essence, one long tube from our mouth to our butt. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you think of it, it's kind of like the outside world, right? Mm-hmm. So we are supposed to, t- you know, eat these nutrients, go down their stomach, stomach breaks down, uh, gallbladder and pancreas spit out bile enzymes. And we break down our food. Now we're into our small intestine. That's where you're supposed to absorb your food in, take it into your red blood cells, use it for energy in, you know, the, the small intestine here, the gut lining is very prone to damage. It's one single cell layer thick. So if I were to just wipe my hand here like this, I'm knocking multiple layers of skin off just like that. Yeah. That's how delicate the skin the gut lining is because it has to be kind of semi-permeable to open a little bit, to bring food in and close like a garage door that opens like a couple inches and then shuts. Um, like I said, some foods can leave that open. So over time with certain things like medications, like birth control, antibiotics, NSAIDs, um, or emotional stress, toxin exposure from mold, mercury, other heavy metals, stuff in your air, stuff in your water, um, certain foods, like we said, this gut lining can be damaged. So I think of it like a castle wall, right? We're trying to protect our bodies, our internal bodies from the outside world. Because if we eat a food, we don't know if it's going to be good, bad, does it have a parasite, have a bug on it, toxin, whatever. That's why we should have a nice tight gut barrier 
that castle wall to protect us. If that wall is being blown up and now we've got holes everywhere, now things can leak through. Food can leak through. Toxins mm-hmm. can leak through. Also, things can leak out as well, right? So mm-hmm. now you have toxic byproducts going both way where they should not be. And this becomes a big issue because 80% of your immune cells, 80% are right under the gut lining here in your gut. And they're there to help protect you. So once this barrier is broken and all these immune cells see uh, this rush of all this junk coming in, they're like, holy crap, guys, we are under attack. It's like if you're in an in, in army platoon, right? And you're in, let's say you're in the Middle East and around the, the camp wall, it's broken one night and all these intruders rush in. That's not a good thing. No. So after that, you're, you're trying to rebuild the wall, but now you're going to have guards on alert 24 seven, right? Mm-hmm. Cause they're like, Hey, this happened last night. It's probably going to happen again. So your immune cells will secrete inflammatory compounds, cytokines, mm-hmm. antibodies, histamine, a mixture of all these things to try to protect you because it thinks you're being bombarded with all the stuff that shouldn't be there. Mm. So now you can have widespread inflammation and symptoms from intestinal permeability. So I would say the goal with this, we have to get rid of the things that are irritating the gut lining, whether Mm. it be foods, toxins, medications, bugs, those are Mm. the big things, right? Mm -hmm. Get rid of that help heal and seal. We have to patch up, literally patch up that gut lining again, Mm -hmm. like a castle wall. We have to have a barrier and then we have to calm down the immune system and then help it communicate again. Conventional medicine, if someone comes in with a really inflammatory process or autoimmune, they say, okay, you know what? Your immune system is going wild. What we're going to do, we're just going to turn that off completely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Functional medicine, naturopathic medicine, holistic medicine says we want to get rid of the offenders that are causing your immune system to go haywire. And then we're going to help your immune system communicate again. So Mm -hmm. it should, so it can function as it should. Mm -hmm. So that's how gut leaky gut can affect multiple body systems, how it occurs, and then how you really should go about fixing it. Mm -hmm. Do you think, um, things like candida overgrowth and parasites, do those then contribute to leaky gut? hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, because those are really inflammatory for the gut lining in the enterocytes of the gut, right? Mm-hmm. They can physically break them down. Um, and it's like chicken or the egg, and it's just a vicious cycle from there. Yeah. So I, I find you have to get rid of the bugs really to, to really heal the gut up. How do you, what, what steps can someone take if they think they have candida? I mean, it's pretty obvious with candida. Um, but like parasites where it might not be so obvious. Mm, parasites is a big one. Mm. So you don't have to have GI issues with parasites, but you can, mm-hmm. right? You can have diarrhea, you can have constipation, mm-hmm. you can have rectal itching, um, pain, bloating. Those are big ones. You also have teeth grinding. You could have mood swings, irritability. You could have weight loss. You could yeah. have um, inflammation, pains all over your body. And that's like a quarter of the symptoms, <laughs> honestly. Wow. There's so many. Yeah. So with par- I, have, I find things like candida can be secondary to parasites many times. So with parasites for me and I try, or gut bugs in particular, I tried this before where like, I would do like a candida cleanse or all these things. And I couldn't tolerate the herbs and then like yes. everything would come back. What's been really working for me and for other people, it's been, excuse me, let's make sure your drainage pathways are open first. And what that really means is, are all the exit routes open and flowing? 
So mm-hmm. if we want to fill your, let's say you're, you are a bathtub, right? yeah. we want to fill you up with a bunch of the, the best foods, the best supplements, whatever. If we start, you know, opening that water faucet with a bunch of good stuff, but your drain is clogged, you're just going to spill over and you're just going to feel like crap. Yeah. So same thing with the body. If you're not fully emptying through your bowels multiple times a day, mm. you're going to be backed up and you're going to reabsorb these toxins. Same thing as your gallbladder bile duct backed up, is your liver backed up? Um, are you not peeing? Is your lymphatic system sluggish? All these things are super important to make sure everything's flowing. We want to be like a river and not a pond. If you think of a pond, a stagnant water breeds bugs. It breeds scum. It breeds nastiness. Mm-hmm. Same thing in your body. You, we're exposed to so much junk today. If you're not continually draining and detoxifying, you are absorbing toxins 100%. Mm-hmm. So if we go in and we start trying to kill off stuff, you are going to feel worse. So yeah. I always say, let's get drainage pathways are open. You're pooping multiple times a day, liver, gallbladder support. Um, and then I use things like mimosa pudica seed. Um, we bind up some of the toxins along with that. So if you're killing, a lot of times having a binder on hand can help, you know, mop up some of the junk on the way out. And then sometimes people need a little bit more, gut lining support with something like glutamine or aloe or DGL licorice that's soothing and calming for the gut lining. Sometimes digest digestion needs a little help. Like I was saying, um, with either how are you going to support your stomach acid or support your gallbladder and the bile? Mm -hmm. That's really important too. And I think important for some people, well, if you go through it and you do that whole thing, you're like kind of feeling great. Um, having like a certain type of probiotic, finding a certain type of probiotic for you. But then afterwards, again, if your gut is like a yard, what do you do? People mow their yards once a week. Right. So mm-hmm. I usually say about once a month or so for four or five days, you're coming in and you're mowing your yard, so to speak, you're using the same things you did before, maybe switching it up. Maybe it's a, maybe it's oregano, maybe it's berberine, maybe it's black walnut hull, maybe it's most pudica seed. Maybe it's a mixture of these once a month. Right. And you're just kind of keeping the, the bad bugs at bay. So mm-hmm. that's kind of mm-hmm. what I've seen. It's, that's helped a ton of people. If someone's constipated and they're like, I can't go multiple times a day, what would you suggest? Um, you always have to look at hydration. I yeah. always start there. Are you getting enough liquid? Mm-hmm. You know, most people aren't. And mm-hmm. then uh, I love like magnesium citrate. It's a great place to start. It's super easy for a lot of people, even kiddos, right? Vitamin C, like a buffered vitamin C powder can be really good too. I use something from Cellcore called Bowel Mover. I love it. It's mm-hmm. helped so many people. It's a mixture of like Senna, Cascara Sagrada, um, Cayenne, Garlic Bulb. There's a lot of things in it and it's really gentle. It's not like a, the typical laxative where it's like, I take it, I got to go. Mm-hmm. It's, you have to restore peristalsis, normal movement of the gut. So that's what I see. But I would take those steps kind of in order to see if, if that helps you. And if not, um, it may be like you have so much overgrowth of these bugs, SIBO in particular, that it's slowing your bowels down so much. Yeah. The motility is, yeah. Yep. Yeah. You got to get that back up. And I, I know that a lot of people, a lot of listeners have IBS type symptoms and I'm, I wonder just how much of it is actually SIBO and, and all of these other things. I think it's really prevalent. And I, th- I think parasites are really, really prevalent too. Honestly, yeah. I, yeah. I really just, I see it more. I think it's the today's world with so many toxins, the weight alters the immune system and lowers parts of the immune system. 
allows for these other bugs to grow like parasites. Mm -hmm. So I see that a ton. Okay. Last question before we get on to some, some fun questions that I always end the podcast with, what are some of your go-to supplements? I know that, you know, it's not a one size fits all, but are there any kind of supplements that you would recommend for the general person? Um, great question. Um, there's, there's so many off the top of my head. So this is kind of assuming that you have like a really good gut and you can absorb all these things. Right. Yeah. I think a probiotic for most people is, is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, cause probiotics can be anti-inflammatory for that gut. They can help with absorption. They can keep the, um, gut barrier a little bit more in check too. Yeah. I like starting people on a spore based probiotic actually. Yes. I find most people tolerate that, especially if you have SIBO, mm. people tolerate those a little bit better. They're um, fantastic. So like yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it's, man, this is tough. Cause there's like so many different ways you, I like magnesium, honestly, for almost every single person yeah. because it's over 300 enzymatic reactions in the body. It does so many different things from brain health to bowels to immune health. That's a really, really big one. I think vitamin D is also imperative. You see with like the COVID stuff right now mm-hmm. and how, you know, those with adequate vitamin D levels were astronomically higher rates of getting through it with ease, like death rates just plummeted with it. Mm-hmm. So having adequate vitamin D levels, I think it's just imperative today. If you want a properly functioning brain, immune system, everything, mm-hmm. those are, you know, probably some staples for most people. Um, yeah, what do you think about I, fish oils? Yeah, I think you have to have a really good quality fish oil. You mm-hmm. know, um, a lot of people go to Costco and get fish oil, and I think it's they reinsidify uh, easily and they can oxidize then. So mm-hmm. it can actually do the opposite effect that you want in your body. That's mm-hmm. what you don't want, you know. Um, it's not my first go to for a lot of people. I think we're trying to decrease inflammation from the gut for a lot of people or talk with tox or detoxifying or fasting is a big one. I think like N-acetylcysteine is a big one Mm -hmm. because it's so broad spectrum. It's great liver detox. Um, it's, uh, helps promote more glutathione, which is your body's master antioxidant too. So Mm -hmm. I think that's probably a staple as well for a lot of people. Yeah. And it's immune, it's immune health too. Yeah. Yeah. Which we definitely need. Yeah, Yeah. You know, it really showed its cards for the people that did not suffer severe outcomes from COVID. And I'm not saying that there wasn't fringe cases, but those were fringe cases. Sure. I mean, you look at what 96, 94 to 96% of the people that died have what three to four comorbidities. It's like, Oh my goodness. And then you should with the vitamin D study and like all these things, like all this could have been, prevented, mm-hmm. you know, all this mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, not saying every single case, but 90 plus percent. Oh my goodness. Yeah. With vitamin D exercise, weight training, and a clean yeah. diet. Mm-hmm. Wow. And maybe a little bit of quercetin vitamin C and yeah. for the trouble cases, ozone, ivermectin, HCQ, totally another topic for another day, but yeah. 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 It's just absolutely outrageous how telling someone to take vitamin D was monstrous. <laughs> yeah. And people were deleted off social yeah. media platforms. Yeah. And, um, you get the little bar at the bottom saying, yes, uh, treatments for COVID may cause harm. And that's, what's really scary today. You see this modern day book burning of mm-hmm. anyone who disagrees with the narrative is just deleted. They're just gone. Yeah. 
Yeah. Even if it's been proven true, because that's what's mm-hmm. happened to pretty much everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or like NIC was taken off shelves. Like yeah, so yeah, NIC has been uh, they're taken off Amazon, right? So you can still get it from wow. some companies, but there's always certain supplements under attack from the FDA. They know how powerful this stuff is and um, they don't like us having access, easy access to it. And I really, really believe that because why else would you take these things off the market? Yeah. When, when you see these other pharmaceuticals that are literally killing tens of thousands of people and uh, some of these are still on the market. So it doesn't make sense. Um, But when you look at who funds um, a lot of these companies, it does make sense. Yeah. You know, if you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. In Canada, it was um, like 86% had three or more comorbidities. So wow. I just kept Crazy. posting stats and posting stats and posting stats. I actually had a fact checker follow me the other day and I blocked nice. them. Yeah. How do you know it's a fact checker? Because it came up. It said the Instagram fact checker and it had a blue check mark by it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've got a couple of those on me. I'm sure. <laughs> well, you had your account <laughs> deleted, didn't you? Yeah. I had two of them deleted. <laughs> yep. yeah. yeah. That means you're on the um, right track. Right. And I have, um, I have, you know, full pages. Uh, I had a COVID research PDF and it was all peer reviewed yep. um, or mainstream articles based on what they're saying. And uh, I think some of those, they didn't, they didn't like that. They didn't like me spreading word about vitamin D and, you know, things that actually worked and comorbidities yep. and taking care of your own health. Yep. I know it's a pretty wild process to actually think about, but here yep. we are. Here we are. Okay. Well, I have some fun questions that I always like to end the podcast with. If you were stranded on a desert Island and could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Wow. <laughs> that is a tough one. Hmm. And it doesn't have to be like one ingredient. It could be like okay. a combination. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, that's kind of tough. Um, man, you know what I love? I don't know why, but I love chicken salad. Mm. And I don't know why that's coming to mind, but it is because you kind of get like a differing in flavors and all kinds of things in yeah. one. Yeah. Like a good, clean mayo chicken salad. Uh, maybe with some like nuts and grapes in it. I don't know why that's Ooh, coming yeah. to my mind, but I love that. Yeah. I love popcorn too. I make my popcorn at home. Yeah. Uh, organic popcorn stovetop with avocado oil. Then I melt ghee with some oh. Himalayan salt on it. It yum. is so good. Like it is oh, so good. Yum. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to try that. What is the best meal you've ever eaten? I'm a, it's tough to say, but I love like a great melt in your mouth steak. Mm. There's a place here in St. Louis that, you know, I've been, it's, um, we had like these, flash fried Brussels sprouts and, um, like this amazing steak, like with these potatoes and like, I'm just a sucker for that stuff. I don't know why, but like just an amazingly cooked steak is like that. It's a key to my heart for sure. Yeah. 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 I'm a a born and raised farm girl. So the meat and potato is is my jam. (laughs) (laughs) What is your least favorite food? Oh man. It'd probably be something with like a weird texture. So I'm trying to think of something with a weird texture because I'm pretty open with a lot of foods. Mm. Um, gosh, what is something that I don't like? Um, this is tough because I like so many foods. <laughs> um, you may have stumped me. 
I'm trying to think. I really, I really don't know. I okay. really don't know off the top of my head because I like so many different foods. It's be, it'd be something texture. I know it's something texturous and yeah. I just like, can't, it can't come to my brain right now. Like what it is. Something like gooey and gelatinous. Like like tapioca or something? Let's say oysters. I don't like oysters oh, because okay. it's just like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do that, you know? Just it's like slimy. Yeah. I just not not a fan. Yeah, not a fan. Yeah. Okay. What is your favorite restaurant? Fruit Hood Kitchen. Is that where you're? No. Um, so oh, there's not one here. They were supposed mm-hmm. to come here. They're not. So there's one in Kansas City. There's one in Nashville. There's one in um, Scottsdale. So I've been to every time if we go travel to the city, I have to go to it. So it's just like super clean. Dr. Weil helped with the menu, super clean foods. They have like these amazing, like veggie fruit cocktails that are awesome. So it's, it's, it's so good. That's my favorite. Cool. What's your favorite travel destination that you've been to? Um, probably someplace warm. Mm -hmm. I would say actually Italy. Yeah. Italy was probably the favorite trip I've been on. Just the scenery, mm-hmm. the people, the food, mm-hmm. all that together in one was just incredible and amazing. We did like a cooking class in Italy and made all these things from scratch. And they just like so they treat cool. us like they treat us like royalty. Yeah. It was just, it was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. What is your most embarrassing moment? Oh my gosh. I mean, I've got so many that it's hard to say, right? I think I've had so many like growing up because, oh, I'm trying, I, I know I've had one with public speaking. Hold on. Let me, let me come to this here. Okay. I've had some really terrible interviews. Like when I, like earlier in my career, when I felt really bad, you know, like my brain just didn't work Yeah. and I would just like totally blank on something or I'd like say something like totally off. Uh, that would probably be something that's just like really, really bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is the happiest moment of your life? Um, well, I would have to say probably like wedding day, right? I have yeah. to say that. Yeah. And then we adopted our kiddo. So getting him, we had, you know, it, we had gone so long without having kids and then we adopted our kiddo. Oh, so wow. that was really cool too. Yeah. That whole experience is a whirlwind. Yeah. It was a lot. But it was, it was just so cool too. Such a gift. How long was the adoption process? Uh, probably about nine months. Honestly, really? That's it? Starting. Yeah. We hooked up with an agency and we got hooked up with a mom. Um, so we got matched and then we came through and we got him the day he was born. Wow. That is not very heard of. Yeah. 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 The, the adoption world can be, there's a lot of ups and downs yeah. potentially, and there's risks. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, but it can be very rewarding as well. Yeah. We lucked out too. We really yeah. did. Yeah. Well, if you believe in luck. Exactly. Everything happens for a reason. Big proponent of that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the reminder. Yeah. <laughs> and what advice would you like to leave our listeners with in regard to their health? Yeah, you know, I, I've been leaving people with, there is always hope. If you take my story, just as an example, if you're still breathing, God's not done. You Mm -hmm. still got time on this earth to turn it around. I feel like everyone has a purpose. Mm -hmm. If you're healthy and if you feel good, you are more in tune with your purpose, your passion, and who are you truly here to become? So I would say never give up hope. 
there are answers either within you or people that are around you. Mm -hmm. And um, if you can start seeking out some of these things, find what resonates with you, start to heal. uh, You can, you can truly heal because the body is it's, it's infinite wisdom, right? Mm -hmm. We were created with this divine ability to heal. Mm -hmm. That's what's amazing. I mean, I work with that every single day, which is super cool. Um, So it's amazing to help pass this along to people as well. Yeah. Wonderful. And where can people find you? I'd say the easiest way right now is Instagram, honestly. Um, DR underscore (laughs) South Carolina, because (laughs) my other ones are gone. Um, I think that's great. I have a Telegram channel also. Those are probably the best ways to keep in touch with me. Um, and you can hop on my email list from there too. And, um, corehealthstl.com also is, um, our website for our brick and mortar here. Wonderful. And I'll put all of that in the show notes for our listeners. Well, it was such a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom and your encouragement and your story. It's my pleasure, Lena. Thank you. Thanks everyone listening. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you gained better insight into how you can be the healthiest version of yourself that you can be. Stay tuned for future episodes coming up and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And always remember, you are powerful over your health.